Welcome to the SN Sport Extra Time Podcast, sponsored by Askew Brook. We make the web do more and powered by Grandon Graphics. Welcome to episode six of the SN Sport Extra Time Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. A uh, bit of a bonus episode this one, courtesy of the Valley Bar Sea Dogs, who hosted their Black Death vodka themed night, um, hosted by Ant Taylor with special guests Darren Foreman, Aidy Mayer, Jason Rocket, and Ian Ironside. And they held a QA uh, recently at the Rivelin Hotel. Thanks to the Valley Bar Sea Dogs for providing with the audio for this episode. Enjoy. So it's like a lot of that pitch is going to smash you because you're in. I mean, I always hated Sean Reid. My favourite used to play Burridge. So anyone you thought you had to absolutely do it as soon as I got Yeah, Billy White is, then I thought that. <laughs> <laughs> it never happened. <laughs> what you thought? <laughs> Not really, no, no, every player we were. But Billy White says, oh, Jesus Christ, what, a, what an ample he were, but uh, every time I thought I'm going to smash his face in, every time I went to pitch, he had once. once. It's happened once. It's once and that were it, but you fear a lot of players, but you just get over that and do what you've got to do, to be fair. You smashed a few, didn't you? <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I was quite nice off the pitch, but on the pitch, everyone. <laughs> There's one in particular, Phil Stant. Yeah. Reputation, SAS, blah, 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 hard man. So, of course, first tackle was always free back in our day. So, first tackle was a proper tackle. Yeah. Uh, I remember him picking on Darren Knowles as well. That was a real big thing, wasn't it? Little Tashman, yeah. like, you know. But uh, the only one I had a problem with, a lad called Ellis, who was at Preston. And what a nice bloke he was. I hated him. <laughs> but he was so nice. He used to go, How you doing, Jason? You alright, mate? I was just say something horrible so I can kick you. <laughs> and he'd, he'd pop in a goal and he'd go, oh, that's a good goal, wasn't it? <laughs> I want to chin him. And yeah, what a nice bloke. <laughs> there was one guy, there was uh, Joe Allen, he used to play for Hartlepool. Oh. <laughs> yeah, he, he ended up getting in Chelsea, didn't he? Yeah, 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 yeah. We played Paul Bailey in the cup at home and he yeah. came on and he was giving it all that with his cob and his Jordy accent. Yeah, yeah. And, I said to him, you remind me of Peter Beardsley. He says, oh, thank you very much. He says, no, he was an ugly cooker as well. <laughs> and he never got a kick. His head had gone. Completely head had gone. But so, uh, yeah. No, but Billy Whitehurst, absolute animal, wasn't he? There was a game where Gary Innsworth got smashed by him, and the docs come on, Andy Davison, if you remember Andy the doctor. Um, and Billy Whitehurst is still over him, and Andy's told him to go and do one. So Billy's lost his head. And if you remember, the, we. You were there half time. Billy Davis, Billy, Billy Davis, uh, Billy Whitehurst is smashing the door down. Literally half time, just trying to get in to rip the doctor's head off. The guy, <laughs> it was an absolute lunatic. One team, he was just mental. Yeah, still is. Is it? <laughs> <laughs> Who's but, the right, you just did not mess with that guy. He was an absolute, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you a little story about Billy Whitehurst. I went to Hong Kong and played in the middle of a sort of season between playing at Scarborough and coming back. And Billy Whitehurst played for one of the Hong Kong sides out there. 
Anyway, in training one of the days, he smashed this Chinese lad and he had to get on the next flight home because the Chinese triads were after him. <laughs> and it was the quickest exit from Hong Kong ever. But like uh, Aidy says, it, he, he rang me up a, a, a few years later and asked me to, to sign. You know when you think, oh, do I, do I say no to him? <laughs> I'll offer you 20 quid a week. I'm like, oh God, Billy. So I, you know, he was a frightening person and um, typical old school hard man. And I mean really hard. Apparently, border council who's a whole city he used to spend his, his night time fighting with the bouncers in the, in the, in the bars and clubs. And, and that's no lure or lie, he was a typical hard man. Anybody else want to um, get any questions to fire to the lads? I've got one anyway. We'll, we'll do that. We'll do one with me. You have a thing. Um, okay, guys. How did you come to play for Scarborough? Um, and oh, sorry. How did you come to play for Scarborough Football Club? Simple. Oh my God. I was I was at um, Derby County as a kid and I got released and went to play at uh, Burton Albion. Um, and while we were at Burton, there was a guy called Brian Fiddler who was the manager. Um, and we played, Scarborough played Burton in a, in a friendly game as a fundraiser, a uh, testimonial or something. Fiddler wanted to play his best side. Unfortunately, I wasn't that side and Neil Warnock was managing Scarborough. And he just said to me through my youth team coach, do you want to come and have a game for us? So I played half an alpha game for Scarborough against my team at Burton. Um, and after that, did, did kind of okay. And he said, come up for a couple of weeks. Um, got up to the training ground and spent a few days up here. And I think Mitch Cook was quite involved in it, and Steve Richards, and then along, alongside with, with, uh, with Neil. Said, do you want to be one of our first apprentices? I'm like, God, yeah. <laughs> have a bit of that. And that was, yeah, start of my time at the club. I think I've got an interesting story, but I was playing at North Derby United, and the, ma the manager John Thompson at that time was was good friends with Neil Warnock. Um, I, would, I did well for North Derby, and I went on trial with Sheffield United, and they were Audi Bassett and Danny Bagara, uh, who was the management team at, uh, at that time. They asked me to come on, 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 you know, on trial for a week. Now, how it panned out that Neil wanted me at Scarborough, and between John Thompson and Neil Warner, they come up with this arrangement where I would end up at Scarborough. Now, I can't go into too much details about that, but um, one, I ended up, I didn't end up at Sheffield United, and two, I ended up at Scarborough, which, which was a good move for me. But between John and Neil, there were some. Financial irregularity. Allegedly, there was some financial irregularity, and I ended up at Scotland Football Club, which, to be fair, wasn't a bad move. But there we go. So. Well said, um, I started at Barnsley, went to Crew, and when I was at Crew, but before I went to Crew, the story goes Ray, Ray McKell, the manager at the time, told me that 
him and Dario Grani were still were both watching me at the same time. So they went for three reserve games for Barnsley, went to the games, and they bumped into each other at all three games. And the story goes racing to him, you're watching, we're watching the same player, aren't we? And uh, Dario said, yeah, we are. And uh, I went to uh, Crew because Scarborough weren't prepared to pay the 80 grand that uh, Crew were. So um, the story goes that uh, a year or so later, um, Crew needed to give uh, Barnsley another uh, 30,000 if I played more than 30 games. So I got to 29, and Dario diplomatically said to me, you're not paying for this club again. <laughs> um, so consequently, I came on loan to, to Scarborough. Um, I stayed for the back end of the season, uh, 1991, and then I signed permanently in, that, in, the, in the following summer. Um, it was probably the best decision I ever made. Didn't really make it at crew. Um, I was a better player for being at crew, but it just didn't work out for me there. Mine's not exciting as yours. I was at Rotherham. Uh, I did my knee, surprise, surprise. Uh, I knew certain clubs had been after me, including Scarborough and Ray McCown, um, during the season before, uh, before I did my knee. And then once I got back fit with my knee, Rotherham released me, and I went away to the World Student Games. Decided I'll sort everything else when I came back. And by that time, they said, oh, you know, different teams were in for you, blah, blah, blah. And I think Phil Chambers had taken over from uh, Ray. Phil phoned me up. He said, come up here, promise me the world. <laughs> as, as, as Phil always did, promise me the world. And I remember, I remember coming up and going about, I was telling the lads about, you know, Rotherham, I never washed my kit or anything like that. I came up here, so I throw my kit on the floor for the first training session. Someone says, what are you doing that for? You've got to take it home. I was like, what do you mean? So then Phil promised me this, that and the other, and I saw, you know, long story short is, uh, you know, I, saw, I signed probably after a few weeks of playing, because I actually enjoyed it, you know, despite having to carry A.D. Mayo most of the time. You know, the summer was very enjoyable up here. So that's what I was well, uh, I bumped into Neil Warnick and um, he said, No, right, sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, any more questions? I can see Chris busy around with Mike. Well, you're going to have to. You're going to turn it on first. Yeah, there we go. Question for Aya. You're all borrowed by but do you really miss playing for Scarborough? Yeah. I, think, I think the difficulty is when you, you everybody leaves the club for a reason. I mean, mine was injury and I had to retire at the age of 25. <laughs> Um, and being able to, well, not being able to play football anymore is kind of devastating. Um, my time at the club, I was here eight years and I, I loved it. 
I loved, I loved being part of you guys. I loved living in the, in the town. And I loved playing professional football. I was like, I'm playing professional football. And it was like nothing that I ever thought I would have achieved. So the club is still very close to my heart and I love coming back up here. Yeah, don't yeah, yeah, see yeah. But it is, it's... That was that, by Yeah, that's why I did it. Yeah. That. <laughs> but yeah, the, the club, to me, I, I've followed for since, since I left and still keep in touch with some of the guys and the social media has opened up the world of, of football to people now. So you can still keep in touch and still keep current with it as well. And what's going on at the moment is great. Um, just need to kick on and try and <laughs> get a manager that's going to stay a little bit longer and, and start, yeah, yeah, yeah. Start, start working their ways back up the league because the club does, deserve <laughs> to be like that. Huh? A few of the old boys there, baby. Well, I don't, I don't know about us four. <laughs> 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 not that old. Yeah, yeah, not, not this old. Not this old but, uh, there wouldn't be many gaps at the back. <laughs> no, there wouldn't be. <laughs> But yeah, being, being part of the club was, was amazing for me and something I never thought I'd do, so loved it. I was supposed to be really good friend of mine, so I feel like... I mean, the first result I look for in a Saturday is called football club, I mean, it's called Athletic or Latterdale. Um, this is where I made my football league debut, Scarborough Football Club, and I've been back here three times being on loan or back at my, my career. So it's in my heart. And I've had some fantastic times here. And when you get invited, you come back, it's, it's brilliant. So really, that's, that says it all, to be fair. I suppose I'm, not, I'm different from the three guys and I still live in Scarborough. So, um, and it is, like Ian said, it is still the first result we all used to look for. I was as disappointed as you were when we went down the leagues. We had to go to Bridlington. One of the proudest moments I can remember is the, the, the club coming back to um, back to the town. One of the saddest ones, because I was still involved with the club at the time, was when we actually went out the league. You know, And I thought at the time we were lit down by a number of people. Um, and so uh, I felt the same things that you guys felt when the, the club went bust and we had to reform. And it's, it's a very proud moment when the club actually returned to the, to the new ground. And it's even prouder now that I'm actually back at the club as, as a physio. Um, I just enjoy doing it. And that's, uh, I think what you say, it's, it's in my heart. It's where I made my name. If you said to someone where did Darren Ford play, they'd all say Scarborough Athletic or Scarborough Football Club. And so um, it would always be my heart. I, I love the town. I've been here for 25 and a bit years. And uh, I, would go, I wouldn't leave this town for, for love and money. I uh, circulated on WhatsApp um, the the invite to here to a bunch of my mates who play we play fat dads now. <laughs> fat dads football I play. My son actually doesn't believe I was a footballer, by the way. <laughs> but joking aside, the reason I did it was I was so proud to come back here. And I'll tell you one thing: I love this club. Yeah? I enjoy playing every minute. And I hope I gave as much as sport as gave to me. 
on that pitch. I was absolutely devastated when I did it with Vinny, but I couldn't play a game here. And, you know, not going too deep, but cause issues oh, or anything like that. So, so, you know, looking at it, coming back here, fantastic, really enjoyable. And what does pee me off in many ways is what happened to the club after I'd left. And what happened off the pitch was a disgrace. And frankly, players like myself, players like myself, all these lads move on. But you as supporters, you know, Absolutely didn't deserve it at all. Reborn, Absolutely disgraced. No, you're reborn, but it says Jesus. you know. <laughs> <laughs> I still, I still Jesus. 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 I still look at it as like, wow, how far you've come from actually the bad old days? Because we sat in a hotel down the road, you know, when we were trying to look at, you know, raising money for survival, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And how far you come from that? and how far you continue to come. Great club, this. Anyone got any, anyone got any other questions? Oh, oh, some red rack. Yeah, I, know what, no, I know what you're doing now, but what's, what you three doing now for a living, if you don't mind us asking? <laughs> I'm doing some property stuff. <laughs> no, I, I've got my own property business. Uh, obviously, you know, I sort of spent a little time at a small club down the road. Actually, a very big club doing very well now, um, which was very enjoyable to be fair to be back into football. Sheffield United. Sheffield United. Yeah. You know, fantastic. To be fair, fantastic club. I'm really pleased they they're doing well again in the Premier League. So, but now I've got a property business. Um, so, so good. Still miss football. Still love watching football. He, he only sold himself. He was chief executive at yeah. Sheffield United. He still, he still picked himself some games as well. As you can tell by my physique, I've worked in health and fitness for 25 years. No, I, I do. Seriously. We're not buying it. <laughs> no one bought no, his exercise bikes. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, I ran gyms. I ran gyms for about 10 years and I ended up selling equipment and I've done three or four things over the last few years and now I've got my own business doing everything. If you want to set up a gym, just give us a shout. And we, we did a whole lot, so from top to bottom, design and build, fit outs, kit, flooring, training, the whole lot. So uh, yeah, so we're doing all right. I'm not though, but... <laughs> Actually, these two have done very well, actually, you know what I mean? But uh, I've just, uh, when I first came to start football club, I was working on the tools and I joined the trade. So when I first signed for Scarborough, I was actually working through the summer in Scarborough as a joiner. And um, it's not progressed very well for, since that time. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm still, I'm still a joiner, you know, I'm still, uh, you know, um, that's it, it's, it's what it is. I've worked for a, a building contractors 
Um, I'm not on the tools anymore, fortunately, because I've got so much. You dropped them all. Uh, well, <laughs> 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 when did that happen? So yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm actually sat in a chair in an office now, so I can't drop too much. But yeah, I'm a planning manager now, so there we go. Steve Carter came from Man United as a kid. Turned up on his first day pre-season. It was him, Andy Mockler, and Tommy Looney, all in the kit that they've been out. So Tom's turned up in his Villa kit. Steve Carter's got his Man United kit on, and Andy's got his Arsenal kit on. The, the other two did all right, but Carter, he was he was rapid, wasn't he? And he, he could cross the ball. He, his finishing was superb, but he just didn't have that <laughs> desire. He just didn't give a shit, to be honest. He just wanted to lived the life and he was a, was a, joy, a Sunderland lad and he was he went, he went off the rails to be honest in the end but uh, he, he, the talent that the guy had was the best thing I've ever seen his raw talent to be at United for, for two or three years as a kid playing with the players that he played with to all of a sudden find himself you know a little bit in trouble came in which was a bit of a, a chance for him and just didn't take it but does nobody remember Steve Carter that's just a few of you said, but he, he was he was rapid. He was just giving the ball, and you knew you got a break as a defender. If you can give the ball to Fez, which can Fez Carter, and he would just go. He was yeah, a talent that should have flourished, but unfortunately didn't. <laughs> and then there was Jason. Rock. To be fair, there were nobody at this club that I thought would uh, progress. Uh, <laughs> Apart from uh, a lad here called uh, Jason Rocket, and that's what. <laughs> no, uh, I think I think Eddie's hit nail the head there because he were I was fortunately as the club. Um, Tommy Tommy Mooney fulfilled his potential, Who? didn't he? Who? <laughs> Steve, Steve Carter for me, unbelievable. Like Eddie says. Um, Although he was a great player for us. I think Sean Murray was one of those players that fell into the, the category Sean of Murray. should have done a lot better than he was. He was so talented. I don't know if you guys remember Sean Murray. Yeah. He was. Yeah. I would have him in my best eleven of any players I've ever played with. He was fantastic on the ball. Great skill, great vision. As a kid at Tottenham, everybody wanted him. And then he sort of went off the rails a little bit. Ended up at Scarborough. He never did much after that. But for that season, maybe season and a half, when Steve Wicks was manager, he was absolutely brilliant. You know, the ball was glued to his foot. It was, it was frightening what he could do with the ball. And so if I was to look at someone who, who didn't fulfil their potential, he would be one of those, even though he was a great player, just didn't, never, went, never kicked on and went on to the next, the next level. Well, you just stole my thunder there. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, no, to, to be honest with you, 
Sean Murray, what a class act he was. Mm. Really good player. I watched him uh, England in the 16s. You know when they used to play at Wembley against Scotland and everything like that? Like, what a quality player he was. And yeah, he didn't kick on. The only other one I always think should have done better was Jamie Mitchell. I think he could have. I think he could have gone on, but for some reason he didn't. He didn't progress as far as he should have. But a good, good player for us for a couple of seasons. Mm. Cheers, What was the best game you ever played for Scarborough, and why? And what, why was it so amazing? I know what Darren's going to be because I never saw that. <laughs> <laughs> I never saw that goal. My dad was still in beer. <laughs> I had a lot of good games. <laughs> now, I'll tell you one game that sticks out Carlisle. Carlisle. Carlisle at McCain Stadium, one of the first games that. Um, uh, Mick Wadsworth was manager, and it was his old team. And I scored last-minute equaliser. And the only reason I really like it because August in August pre-season, it stopped the whole training session when I booted another ball over the fence. I said, Rocky, if you play like that, you'll never be in my side. And it was finally because he had got absolutely dogs abuse from the Carlisle supporters. I scored the equaliser, and finally he talked to me. <laughs> and so Roddy, Roddy had finally acknowledged I existed. So I was happy with that. That was my favourite. Yeah. 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 I don't think it's a very difficult answer to uh, to go with. Obviously the hat trick against York City was yeah. And obviously to score the first hat-trick for the club was even as good a sort of accolade. But I think to score a goal, three goals in a, in a derby as it was against York City, who, who were our rivals. Uh, still our rivals, yeah. Forget Whitby, they're not our rivals. York City are. And so it was, it was fantastic at the time. And uh, I, I don't think I can ever top that. It was, as it is, it was, it was fantastic. To be honest, I've that many good games, I can't remember which ones. <laughs> 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 um, really, I think uh, early days it were uh, Neil Walker, he'd just gone to Notts County and Colin Morris had took over and we played Tranmere away. And it was just one of them games where the ball did end up in back in net. Um, but like I said, I've that many good games, I'm really sure uh, <laughs> <laughs> No, so joking apart, I mean, yeah, yeah. I think Tranmere away were 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 a were a great game, but I was just trying to do my job, and, and that, that was what Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, late and all in the way, mate. You were unbelievable that day. I know. Thanks, Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I love you too. <laughs> Yeah, I just had a few good games, a few bad games as well, as we'll probably bring up a bit later yeah. as well. So. <laughs> but yeah. <laughs>
Um, for me, it was, it was Burnley at home. It was my fourth game. And they were a strong side then. And yeah. So should I go Red Star Belgrade then? My first European goal, so I bring that one up. And I just remember coming out and there was there was so many away fans and it was just like the, the ground was buzzing. And I think, well, I know for a fact, 57 seconds I banged one in for my first league goal. And that but the feeling of doing that was just it was euphoric, it was it was something you can never take away. And we, we won 4-2, I think. George kind of got sent off. Um, but that, that feeling of beating a side like that, that were, were challenging for, for the championship, not just promotion, and, and to give them a good spanking was, was, was bloody brilliant. It was absolutely amazing. It was, yes, yeah, so that would be my... If, I, if I'm not doing European games, then that would be the one. So what we'll do, we'll do uh, one more question, we'll go for a break then. I can see a few uh, empty glasses and I know you probably want to fill them back up again. So um, any questions? Oh, Chels, come on. Chels. Come on. Paul won't be able to hear you. Apart from um, Scarlet Fan, what's the best team you ever played for or against? Switch on. I'm on the mic now. Hey, I'm not going to do this song. Right, apart from Scarlet Fans, obviously. Who are the best fans you ever played for or against? It doesn't matter. Who are the best fans that you've ever seen playing against or for? Best team? Best fans. Best fans. That's a great shout. <laughs> <laughs> 80s is Red Star Belgrade. Can I mention my first European goal? That's, that's, I don't know. That's, that's a really good question. Um, trying to give, no, Rotherham was always a, a noisy ground. And I think I flipped one on for you, didn't I? For a, a back stick winner. And that, that, that was noisy in there. I mean, there was loads of us in there. I remember dragging all the you lot over to the, over to the fans as we scored the goal. And literally up against the fences. There must have been 500, 600 of you, and it was just manic. Um, Burnley was noisy. It was 12,000 at Burnley away. Grimsby, they had about nine or 10,000 there. So, from, from the point of view of noise and, and fans that way, but you go to little clubs, you go to places like Torquay and stuff, and, 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 and you can hear people slagging you off, literally. And, yeah, yeah, always me, always me, just putting your back. But yeah, just shouting stuff out and you can turn around and see who they are and it's like that, that's that's the awkward bit you get 12,000 of Burnley shouting you fat bastard and I'm like <laughs> it's when you can hear Bob who's stood in the corner giving you grief and it's like hang on a minute they're not wrong are they? yeah they're never wrong never wrong I'll pass it on um, I think when I was at Tramia I think Liverpool Tramia that area are always appreciative of when you play well, and we're goalkeepers, you know what I mean? So, although I'd had a good game, Tramia fans, they were clapping you, um, and you think, oh, this is brilliant, you know what I mean? And, and they were quite genuine about it. Apart from the first time I played, uh, I think the first home game was Scotland Football Club in, in the Football League, and we played uh, Scott, uh, Scunthorpe United at home, right? And, and the fans, there were about 4,500 there down at Seymour Road there, 
And uh, yeah, of course, uh, on football ground, and they were sh they were singing irons, irons, and I'm thinking, yes, not me, <laughs> right, right, irons, irons, and I've got airs coming back, back at neck and neck, right. Realisation is that I didn't know that they were called irons. <laughs> That way, they were singing my name, and I'm waving at the Lugan's age, and they're going, yeah, all of us. But I am, I mean, so yeah. How, how, do, you follow, how do you follow that? Um, I was lucky enough to play when I was at Barnsley at Newcastle. And I think lots of people would agree that they are so passionate about football. That, um, and I, play, I was lucky to play in a game that Gaskell was playing. And so um, if I was to say away support, I think it would be probably Newcastle. I just couldn't hear yourself think, you know. The manager was shouting onto me something. I, I must have said, what? About six times, because I just couldn't hear a thing. It was that. Darren, off. Come yeah. on. Yeah. <laughs> of yeah, I think it ended with F. I think it began with F, actually. Um, but, yeah, I think that was what it was, actually, yeah. But I think, um, you know, when I played for Scarborough, I always thought that, um, like Katie says, Burnley was always a, a nice ground to go to. It was always had a bit of a big. Yeah, Cardiff is another one who was a, a, they were a big club in a, in a lower division. And I suppose you guys all remember the, the, the game against Wolves. Um, the first game in the league that um, I wasn't in, taking part in, but it was, um, they were a big club. Were, and when we played the league, us guys, there were some big clubs in, there was big clubs in our league, you know, that, that good, good crowds and good followings, you know, so um, that's what I was going to that's what I can remember. Rotherham. Fantastic. <laughs> Obviously, that's club as well. But no, that's good to go back there. Um, I tell you what, Preston in the John Beck days. Oh my word. That Astro turf, wind blowing, ball booming, their fans with the old flags for. Unbelievable, that used to be great. Great for centre half as well because everything came in the air. <laughs> Didn't have to try and trap it or anything like that. And the other one away from home was Gillingham. For some reason, they hated me. I like that so much abuse on that ground, but I love that sort of thing. So, those are. So uh, that, that concludes part one, so if you want to get a drink, go and have a cigarette or whatever. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll be around about 20 minutes, If anyone does want any more raffle tickets, Tracy's going around with some tickets. And when we come back, we'll do the raffle, then we'll do the part two. Ladies and gentlemen, we're going to start part two of our Q&A here with the guys, um, Jason Rockwell, Lady Myers, Darren Foreman and Ian Anchorswet.
They were fucking it. Alan, I'll start off with um, another question here. Chelsea, the Saints are facing us, not you, son. Okay, um, okay, guys. Looking at the game nowadays with an insider's eye, do you like what the huge injection of money has meant? Not like what the huge injection of money has meant, and are there any drawbacks that come with it? Yeah, um, quiet the bar, please. Quiet the bar. <laughs> no, I, I tell you what, I, I'm subscribing to Sky, subscribing to Amazon, BT. You know, I watch football all the time. I think it's an amazing product nowadays. I do think there's drawbacks to it. I think footballers have played a hell of a lot more money than in our day. Um, but I do think it's a fantastic product and, you know, I can't really say anything negative about it. I could start banging on about diving and all this sort of stuff and VAR, but actually, yeah, football, you know, the more football, the better for me. I think the biggest difference between um, nowadays football and as we, when we guys played was after the game on a Saturday, we'd be in the bar with you guys. We'd all have a drink. Yep. We'd see you out on a night time. Um, we'd see you out on Sunday. And drinking was part of our culture, I suppose, in some respects. Sure and, and, and so, and it wasn't until sort of foreign managers came along, Arsene Wenger, who uh, changed things as they go, that things changed. Um, and that we weren't alone. We weren't the only players that had a drink and enjoyed ourselves. Most of the clubs that we played against, they were doing exactly the same things as we were. If you think about the Arsenal game in the 92-93 season, Merson, Adams, uh, Doe Parler, those sort of players, they were still drinking and doing lots of things that we were still doing exactly the same. And so the, the game has changed in respect of the far fitter, they have um, on board, they have uh, analysts, they have a psychologist, they're nutritionists, they're a physio, they're a chiropractor, and all these things, things that we just never had access to. Um, not to say that they weren't as good of players, but they just look after themselves much better than we actually did. Apart from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I've got to reiterate what uh, Rock and Darren have said, because my um, lad, uh, fortunately, is a professional footballer in Maxville Town. And his mindset, how he approaches games, his diet, he's changed phenomenally. Um, now, that's not a bad thing, but I think the characters have gone out of the game as well because we had characters in the past, and, and, and I suppose we are characters, and we had that drinking ethic in the past. Not that that's a, a good thing, but it's completely changed and the money's changed as well obviously uh, and i'm gonna drop one here when, when i left uh, scarborough i went to middlesbrough and i played in premiership <laughs> for the first time and the money then wasn't what it was now because obviously i'd have been retired pardon how much were you 
Mm. <laughs> so, so from that point of view, it, it, well, it's financial aid and everything like that is changed. So, there we go. I think, I think my only issue with, with the money that's ploughed into it now is that so many players are making so much money and don't really care about the game. I think the fact is that you've got 18 year olds earning 20, 30 grand a week. That's fine, but respect the game and respect what, what position you're in. The guy from Rochdale went to Wolves yesterday, didn't he? 17 with a passage driving test on Wednesday, signed for Wolves on Friday, he's gone back on land to Rochdale. The kid is the most level headed guy I've ever come across in football. And, and I think that's missing. You get, you get guys that are not even playing in the first teams that are on 30, 40 grand a week. And I don't think that they understand how lucky they are in the position that they're in. And I think that they need to be educated and to be looked after, curb the social media, because all of that is just a little bit out of hand. You become more of a, a social networker than a footballer. And there's a lot of players that have gone down that line that, you know, it's not about the football anymore. It's about how much money you can make off, off being an influencer or whatever it may be. So I think, I think that the football, the football's definitely improved. The players that have come into the Premier League and, and down from that, is good, but I also think that it's, it needs managing a little bit more carefully when it comes to the young lads coming through and what they do with their cash and their, their image. So, um, yeah. I was going to add one thing. It was fun in our day. It was fun. <laughs> do you know what? We used to play a match on a Wednesday or Tuesday evening and we worked our backsides off and then, instead of refuel, we went out to, where was the club? Lawton's. Lawton's. I'll tell you what, I don't know why you lot laughing, half of you lot were in there as well. We were in there. But it was a laugh, and we all talked, we all had a laugh. And I think that was one thing I look back on, I speak to a lot of ex-pros who play a lot better standard than me, and they said, back in our era, it was a laugh. And it was fun, and it was enjoyable, and it's enjoyable with supporters as well. Anyone got any questions? Oh, sweet. Where's Chris? Where's my mat guy? Bloody hell. Do you want me to do it off? Hey, it's a message to Ollie, really. Uh, what should your best manager you played or under and your worst one? Well, um, oh, 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 oh. well I thought Steve Kittrick was a honest Is that at Scarborough or anywhere? Anywhere. Uh, anywhere. Does. Oh, that's a real horrible one. My worst oh, manager oh, actually was Billy Ayer. No, he's not. Yeah. Yeah. Who, who, for you guys, was a, was a scammer legend, but for me, he was an absolute nightmare. Sometimes you just don't, you don't gel, you don't fit in. Um, and I was, shall we just say, I wasn't that um, keen on a tackle? Um, to be and so he was a bit blood and thunder, and he, I wasn't his cup of tea, basically. And I had lots of respect for Billy, and I know you guys. The older ones especially, he was a hero in the 70s and uh, so and so forth. But for me, he was an absolute nightmare. 
Can I just ask one question, Daz? Sorry. Sorry, Christopher. Whole City. 2-0, I think we beat them. You got substituted at the end, usually to rapturous applause because you had a great day. What happened in the changing room with Billy Air? We had a kiss and a cuddle. Um, let's just say me and Billy didn't see eye to eye on my substitution, and I ended up in the showers backwards and uh, pinned up against the wall because he was not too pleased about the fact that I'd uh, shall we just say I had a bit of descent back to him but I, I actually did respect Billy as much as I and uh, later on in my career I crossed him a few times um, as a manager at other clubs and although it wasn't his play his sort of top cup of tea um, I always thought he was a, a, a great a great fella he was passionate about what he did and you guys always say we um we had to train in we had to train in shorts and socks we couldn't just wear tracks and bottoms he wouldn't have any so we used to train up we used to train at the mount it used to be like minus three or four and he'd have his socks and shorts on you know and we we had to train the same we couldn't wear tracks and bottoms i remember the first time i tried to oh, wear tracks and bottoms Can you wear gloves? we had to wear no we wouldn't wear gloves <laughs> gloves, gloves. We didn't, we, we never wear gloves, do we guys? Can you imagine wearing gloves in a game? And, and the air Obviously, I understood. Um, we, did, we didn't even training gloves. We didn't wear gloves in a game. You know, and we didn't. And we all wore short sleeves. We never wore. We never wore skins. We never wore long, long, long sleeves. We always wore short sleeves. That's just how we played the game. And the worst manager. Best manager. Best manager, I think, for me personally, was Alan Clark. It was because I was I started my career at Barnsley. Those who, who know Alan Clark as a player, it was an absolutely fantastic international player. Um, taught me lots to do with the game, especially finishing. Um, I couldn't have learned from a better manager. Scarborough-wise, Ray McHale was fantastic for me. I had my best time at Scarborough with him. But I was to pick a, a manager out, not, not to do with the coaching side, but, become, but as a manager. If I just to say that in, in training, he was absolutely fantastic. He was, he was brilliant, even at 45. He wear trainers and be better, he'd be better than any other players that played in the first team at the time when I was at Barnsley. He was absolutely fantastic, and for me, I could have learned from a better player or a manager. So. My best manager I played with was Billy Air. <laughs> seriously, seriously. He didn't come for long, but that guy, seriously, I would run through brick walls and then another brick wall for him just to get to Darren. <laughs> he, he, his, his work ethic, his, his discipline, his everything about Billy Air was what this club has always been about. It's graft, it's no battle, no victory kind of thing. It's just, you would do it for him. And he just made you feel, they made me feel like the best player in the world. He said we played him, he was manager at Blackpool, and we went up there and we won 1 0. And he put two guys on me at the corner, and I still managed to get a goal. And when I came, he was like, he told me that story, and I just felt like, 
six foot tall, six foot two, six foot four, ten foot tall, ten foot tall, two meter Daniels. Um, worst one, Colin Morris by an absolute mile. Um, he couldn't see, he couldn't see over his steering wheel. <laughs> told, told me I was going to get released at the end of my first year, as, no, second year apprentice, uh, and then he got sacked, and I tried danced. <laughs> no, I still danced the jig, and yeah, um, no, I didn't have a lot of time for him. He wasn't my cup of tea. You got, you got people like Warnock. I didn't play for Neil. I played in his, in his reserve team. Ray obviously gave me more games than anybody else, but Billy was just an absolute legend for me. Do you want to talk Premier League again? Neil Warnock. Uh, Neil Warnock brought me to a football club, and he he told me things. He he, he said, look. He probably told me I'm better than what I were, to be fair. But he, <laughs> but he made me believe in, in, in myself. Uh, he brought me from non-league, like he did most of his players anyway. And he brought me to a football club and, and, and he progressed my career. Uh, so there's been one or two, well, some great managers at Scotland Football Club. Going back to the worst one, uh, like uh, Ains just said, I think Colin Bonnis, for me, let him... <laughs> Colin, Colin loved me, but to be fair, he, he let himself down because he tried to change what Neil Warnock had done. And that season, when we should have gone up and ended up in playoffs, he changed to. Pardon? Uh, we lost to uh, Orange in playoffs uh, that year. And he tried to change things that Neil had, had set in stone. And he shouldn't have done it. And he obviously fell by the wayside, but. But yeah, you live and learn, don't you? Billy, eh? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, what a bloody legend of a bloody <laughs> You know what? As a centre half, he was my dream. Head it, kick it, kick them. That's all, that's all he wanted from me. It was a simple life for me when I'd be here. Around. I'll tell you, you know, very low bloke. I don't know, um, when he was assistant manager to Jan Mulby at Swansea, they came in for me at Swansea, put a big bill in for me, and it was all his backing. So I had a lot of time for Billy there. I know he's not everyone's cup of tea, but Waddy, Waddy actually made me pass. Wow. I know it was amazing. <laughs> Suddenly, I had to pass the ball. So, no, Waddy, you know, we got to the playoffs and everything. As I say, he wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but, you know, we had a lot of success under him. Um, worst manager, Steve Wicks, I'm afraid. <laughs> Do you know what? If he was chocolate, he'd have eaten himself. He absolutely adored himself. I'd, the best thing he used to say, we had three centre-halves in those days. And I knew I was the best centre-half. However, we had a guy called Amy Mayer and a guy called Daz Davis. And he used to get us in, the cha in, the, in his office and he'd go, Rocky, you're the best centre-half at this club, you're the best. And then he'd go to Aidy, Aidy would be in his chamber, in his office, he'd go, Aidy, you're the best centre-half at this club. And then Daz would go in his office, Daz, you're the best centre-half in this club. So, I'm not quite sure who was the centre-half, apart from looking at the appearances. However... <laughs> My only funny story is um, when I was kit man for Scarborough for about a couple of weeks and um, it was Rudy Funt was the manager and um, he never knew my name. He always called me Andy. 
<laughs> so, and the only time he actually got me name right was um, at Buxton just after uh, when Steve uh, Roberts took over after Steve Kittrick and then um, it was the first time he ever said my name and then he bawled. I, I, I got really emotional actually. He came up to me and called me Ant, but uh, yeah, for about the, a couple of months that I did it, yeah, he called me Andy. So yeah, uh, he also had a funny story about goldfish, but never mind. Anyway, uh, next question I've got one. Let's go to back to like uh, modern football and that. Um, VAR guys, good, bad, or indifferent, and why? All right, well, let's go with Eddie because he's got a lovely face. I don't like it. I just, there's so much inconsistency around it. The refs aren't checking the the, the pitch side screens. There's so much, um, what's the word, anti-anticipation. When, when, when a goal goes in, everyone's celebrating, but they don't now in the Premier League. They look at the screen and wait and wait and wait, and it's just, it's, it either needs getting rid of or needs doing proper. I think technology has a place at that level, but then you get the FA Cup where the sides that don't aren't in the Premier League were playing a game and there's no VAR. Then you go and get the Watford game, where there is fair. And it's just, it's, it's just not right, it's not fair. It's not fair at all, it's not fair at all. Um, I think there is mileage in it, and I think if they get it right, it will help. Cricket works, tennis works, um, uh, rugby works, yeah, yeah. But at the moment, not in football, it's, 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 it's a laughing stock, and they need to sort it out. They need to sort it out. They need to sort it out. I just echo what AD said, it just needs to be refined. There's lots of good things about it. In, in our game, in our time when we played, there was lots of decisions that we probably thought it wasn't a penalty or vice versa. It's like the game today. Those who went to the game today, I thought that to send it off was harsh. I thought the penalty we, we gave away was harsh. Um, you know, but with VAR, the problem is, is it's it's reviewed by by referees, you know, and so they won't go against what the referee says. So if the referee said it was a penalty, they'll give it as a penalty. They won't sort of say, "Oh, sorry, I think you made a mistake," and that's the big issue I have with it all. I think it, 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 there is a place for it, but the problem is, is that a lot of the time they won't go against what the referee says. Where's Chris gone? Anyway, by the way. He's idle. He's idle. Today in the, in the, in the Southampton-Liverpool game, there was a definite penalty against uh, a Liverpool player that, was, that was, wasn't given. And VAR, if the referee had given it, they would never have said it wasn't a penalty. But because the referee didn't give it, they would, he said it wasn't a penalty. And so my thought with it was, just, I think, it, my thoughts on the VAR is, they should have someone a professional player or a professional person at the uh, overlooking the stuff. They should they should see it. They should have a look at it and take it shouldn't be a referee o- overlooking it, it should be a professional player. Or a player that understands the game. I loved VAR in my day. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. What an invention VAR is. I'll, I'll be honest with you. Don't mind it, however, it's got to be quicker. Um, what I'd suggest is a bit like the cricket thing. Manager has two reviews for obvious and clear errors. 
and once they've used the review and it's incorrect, they don't get them again. But the problem is, when you get these lines and someone's big toes offside, come on, please. <laughs> and so I think it's too precise in many ways. I think they should find a way of still using it, but less precise, whether it's review system or something else. And that, I, I think it's got a place, but it's just got to be less time consuming. Exactly. Just got to reiterate what lads have said. There's, there's definitely a place in it for VAR, but it's got to be sorted out. Simple as that. So we'll see how it goes. Any more questions out there? To you guys. Oh, let's go, Jim. 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 Let's go, and what is your most memorable football? I want to know the Scarborough one first, and then in your football career. Your career, football career, what's your career one? Career or as a fan or? As a player. As a player. As a player. Okay. Thanks. Okay. Cheers, Jim. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes, you're very well. Sorry, that's most memorable thing for Scarborough. We're not mentioning the actual game to you all again, are we? I think, if, for me personally, I think it was the 92-93 the season um, to score as many goals in that season as I did score after the previous season and the consequently after seasons to score as many of that as I did was fantastic for me. Um, I think in football in general, I think uh, as a big Saints supporter of 76 FA Cup final was massive for me. As an eight year old to go to the <laughs> FA Cup final, <laughs> Um, I can always move the story. I can I tell the story. When I was eight, my dad said to me at the beginning of the season, oh, I want I want to go." I said to him, "I want to go to an away game," and he said to me, "Oh, if we get to the FA Cup final, I'll take you." <laughs> and um, as a second division club, that wasn't that wasn't happening. And so in 1976, when we actually got to the cup final, as an eight-year-old, to I remember, I remember we had to queue, you guys, I had to queue in the corner. My dad was sat in the queue with me. I missed school that day. We had to queue round the, the old Dell, as it used to be called then. And we had to queue for about three or four hours to get a ticket. Couldn't get online. Got a magic ticket for the 76 FA Cup final. It was the best day of my life. Um, it's the only thing we ever won as a Southampton boy. But I absolutely loved it, and I, I can still remember it as clear as day. I can still remember the car we drove up on. Sorry, <laughs> 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 just got interrupted, Bobby. That was um, a Portsmouth support. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was, it was a Portsmouth. <laughs> but it was the best time. It was the best time of my life because 
as an eight-year-old to go to the FA Cup final as underdogs, as underdogs, and to win against a, a Man United side who were, at the time, a uh, first division club. I can still remember it as it was yesterday. You know, I'm sure you guys who went to the FA Trophy final, uh, FA Cup Trophy games, can still remember it. It was just as clear as day to me. And that was probably, apart from the day against York City, was one of the best days of my life. <laughs> Worst one, uh, worst one. Ooh. There's loads of worst ones. Um, I think the worst one, possibly. Someone just mentioned it. Broke my leg. Yeah, I think the last game in this season, uh, 92-93, when I broke my leg. Um, last 20 minutes, it was probably the worst day of my life. Um, and there's no more you can add to that. That was definitely the worst day of my life, probably. I think most memorable day for me was uh, I got a phone call and I'm working away in Brixton and I'm enjoying a bit trade. I got a phone call from Neil Warner for a Friday afternoon. He said to me, Ian Sung, can you play for us to buy? And I said, well, I'm, I'm not really bothered to be fair, Neil. Um, where are you playing at? I thought I was playing for reserves. And he says, no, he says, Sung, we're playing at Hartlepool United. Uh, away in the football league, as it were, old fourth division then. And he says, Can you get to Todwick for six o'clock, meet Paul Evans, do a bit of training, and then play for us tomorrow? And I says, Well, okay then, you know what I mean? <laughs> but I, 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 it, 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 that's, that's how blase it were. That's how blase it were. I, I turned up and we played at Hartlepool in the football league, so that was most uh, memorable game, I, I would imagine, uh, my first. Um, you know, my debut in football league, um, and I think then the other memorable game was was when I played. <laughs> Sorry, Eddie. Yeah, go, go <laughs> uh, I, I, went, I went from Scarborough to Middlesbrough, and I played in, in Premiership, which was absolutely uh, unbelievable. We played against Man City at home, and um, I got chucked in a deep end, and that was just absolutely. You thought, what's going off here? You know what I mean, I, I didn't think I belonged there. But after a couple of few games, it, 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 you know, we played Man United, Liverpool, and Aston Villa. We got the national game. So that way, great memories of football. Yeah. Mum wasn't even a league game. It was, it was <laughs> just before we used to kick around on the beach and Rangers fetching the balls out the sea and stuff. No, but it was when we played, we, Leeds won the championship. Was it Premier League then when they won it all? Yeah. It, was, it was still first division, wasn't it? Yeah, and they came down here and they brought a full first team. You know, Imre Verardi, Chapman, Speed, Strachan, Dorigo, Lukic, Fairclough. And just to be on the same park as, as people like that was just like in uh, Vinnie Jones. And he was actually not bad. He's not just a thug, he could actually play proper football. He was, he was a really good lad as well. Um, and did I mention my European goal? Because we played them the same position. <laughs> <laughs> Red Star Belgrade at Seymour Road. What's that all about? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, Owens played. Me, me and Big Ersty, we got, we got one each. And we lost 4 2, but those Robert Prozinetsky went to Real Madrid. Prozinetsky played. Yeah, Prozinetsky played. Um, 
Darko Pancho went a, a, into Milan for five and a half million. It was just to see them, and they all smoked as well. I sat in the dugout having a fag. <laughs> I was like, I'm going to sign for these. But they went on to win the Champions League that year. They beat uh, Marseille in the final. So we played, we played the, the Champions of England and we played the Champions of Europe in a year. Did I mention my goal? No. <laughs> oh, we've been more simplistic than you. Never played in Europe before. It's been a few World Student Games, though. Um, no, I think, uh, going back, Rotherham, as a student, suddenly got selected to play for Rotherham Reserves, bizarrely enough, at Roker Park. There's an old ground for you. Play for Roker Park, at Roker Park, wow. I was just looking around going, wow, this is amazing, you know, I'm a student, I shouldn't be here. So that was one of them. And then my debut here, Hereford, I suspect not many of you remember it, it was a one niller to us, so obviously the defence was on top. I think it was me and Darren Davis rather than Aidy Bear, but that was a good one. And I'll tell you, easy, easy my worst one was when I knew I was finishing. Walter, you got your question again? Oh, yeah, we got this. We've got it. Off we go. Off we go. Off we go. Off we go. <laughs> Talking to you, Larry. Yeah. He, he just wants to know how many times you've been on Nick Hancock's bloopers. I'm not going to say anything about oh, that. No, 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 no. I'll show you too much respect to you. I can't believe he said that. I, 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 actually, it's, it's very well documented that I'm on three times. Right? <laughs> but, but you wouldn't believe that me and Rocky actually get. Royalties from that, you know what I mean? <laughs> Since Bailey's actually quite a, quite a few quid, but yeah, three times is three times more than what I should have been to be fair. Can I just say, in his uh, defence, I thought I had a left foot at Fulham. <laughs> and I won the halfway line. I know this is football rubbish in the 90s or something, yeah, suddenly yeah. come on Twitter or something like that. And I've seen this clip again and it's... So I'm hit, but it's cut. So it doesn't see me hitting this left foot volley from the halfway line. I've got a left foot. And Irons has tried to recover the situation. And he's ran out, he's volleyed the ball, it's gone so high in the air. Then he's gone to try and recover it, missed it, and they've eventually scored. And the great thing is on Hancock's bloomers, he plays it twice. <laughs> can, I just, can I just add that the back pass rule changed in 92. <laughs> and it sort of sorted out loads of goalkeepers. Because he used to pass it back to them, they used to pick it up. And then in the 92 93 season, I actually benefited from loads of it at times because the goalkeepers couldn't kick. I don't know if you remember the, the lads, a guy called. He was a goalkeeper at Darlington, Prudhoe. Yeah, Mark Prudhoe. And he was, he was a fantastic goalkeeper, but as soon as the back pass school came along, he was absolutely fucking useless. <laughs> Honest to God, yes, he, he had one left foot, and that's all we could, as soon as he went back to his right foot, he just couldn't cook it. He just he used to kick it out of touch. And it really sorted out loads of, loads of players in the sort of an area, especially the goalkeepers. Yeah. And, 
apart from having to pick it up, they just, they just have to kick it and they sort out loads of them. You mentioned it, Sea Dogs thing was a big thing at the time. So, Sea Dogs was, you know, as you'd go over it during a warm up or yeah. just during the game, just say, sing, shout, shout the chant, say Wait. Sea Dogs. Sea Dogs! Sea Dogs! Sea Dogs! Sea Dogs! Sea Dogs! Sea Dogs! You'll never be Rocky, 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 Rocky. Um, do you know what? One of the funniest ones, and it's probably not very PC, but I'm going to go on with it. And it wasn't about me, it was about Don Page. He used to shave his head. And we were playing at Gillingham, and suddenly the shout came out, he's got a mole teaser. And I'll tell you what, we all just creased up. And I know it's not PC, but what a shout that was. Any more questions? <coughs> Come on. Oh, one in the back. back. I can't get back there. Come on. Come forward. It's still on. It's on. He's sat there now. I think as supporters, we always viewed ourselves as underdogs because we were a small club. As players, how did you view yourselves? Did you view yourselves as being an underdog club? And what was the vibe? for what was probably the smallest club in the league. Great we, we found it quite a privilege. To, we found it, a, it was quite good to be a, a match of honour. You know. Yeah. Um, oh, did you well, as players find it? Good question. Great question. I think you'd be very proud of yourself if you were the first club to promote you from the conference up into the Football League. I think we always thought a little bit, we were always punching above our weight in respect of we were the biggest club in the world, we were the first club that would that were part-time, had to go full-time, um, but we, uh, we always thought that this was a great club, it was always an enjoyable place to be, Scarborough was a lovely place, anyone says anything different, forget it, there's, it's a lovely, lovely place. It isn't a hotbed of football, we, we all know that. But they are appreciative of what they got, the fantastic support we are always used to get. It wasn't the biggest in the in, in the football league, but we always enjoyed it and we always appreciate it. 
I, I think when you when you stand in the dressing room and you look around and you see some guys sitting alongside you and you actually think, right, okay, let's go out, kick off time, and you look at everybody and you think there's not one person, there was a couple, <laughs> but not, not one person hadn't got your back. And I'm going to blow smoke up his ass because he got me out of so much crap Rocket did, but I knew he was there. There was Alan Kamara, there was Steve Richards, there was Mick Matthews, there's Paul Olsen, there's Steve Norris, Gary Brook. And you just knew that you had the guys on your side. And the team spirit, and you touched on it when he's gone, Darren touched on it earlier on when Colin took over for Neil. It came back after Colin had gone. Ray managed to get people together that wanted to play for each other, and they wanted to play for the club, and they wanted to play for the town. And it's, um, I think it, it still went through all the years that I was there. Not once did I think we would get beat. Not once. And it was... You, you did. We knew where we were. We knew we were mid-table at the end of the day. But three o'clock came and you knew that you had the back of every single person on that pitch. And with you guys as well. And in the crowd cheering you on or giving you shit. However it worked. But we knew that we were in for a battle but we knew we'd do all right. I think that's the main thing is that not once they've got the pitch and think shit we're up against these. Not once. Um, I think that's the self-belief you've got to have as a footballer. You've got to believe that you're better than the person you're playing against. I used to come up against seven four Alan Shearer down at Southampton. I think he'd only played about a handful of games. I didn't really know a lot about it. But it didn't bother me. It didn't bother me at all. They were Ian Dowie. But I didn't play against the Arsenal game, but 1-0 against Arsenal. We held our own in that game. And I think that the, the way this club's always been, and I've not been in any club, so I don't really know, but there was just something there that you just didn't stop. You just kept going and going and going. And you know, you're very proud to play for the club. And, there was one game we played away at Berry, and we won 2 1. Scored that day as well. What about rest now, But I think there was about a minibus of us, fans wise. I remember coming out of the ground afterwards, I had a quick drink, came outside, and knew you were there. There's a couple of minibus full of you guys, and you thought, this is why we do it. This is exactly why you do it. It's, it's a bit mushy, but it's a privilege to have played for the club and to have gone out and battled without a shadow of a doubt. That's what you did. And anybody tells you different is bullshit. How can I follow that? I think um, I think from from coming from non-league into into football league, and you were just saying about being underdogs. I don't think that's the case because we've never, never been underdogs, have we? Do you know what I mean? It's, it's that mentality that, that you, you football, uh, sorry, uh, non-league into football league and you carry that through. Um, I don't know if you feel as though you're underdogs as, as supporters because it's not a small club. We are club. sea dogs. We are sea dogs, aren't we? Yeah. Through and through. And, and you're not underdogs because you support your club and you're passionate about it. And, and that's what it is. And you're not underdogs by, by any long joke, you know what I mean? And I think that's been carried through from coming from non uh, from non league into football league, and you're back in the non league now. But you carry it through, and you're not underdogs. I mean, we're sea dogs, aren't we? And the day. Sea dogs. 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 Sea Never even thought about it. I used to roll myself up to go over that white line, and I'm sure all the rest of the lads 
Never looked around the changing room and thought, well, there's a couple, I suppose. <laughs> They're not here, by the way, but, you know, thank God. Um, you know, hey, one on our pitch. Never thought we were going to lose. Lost some, drew some, won some, won some. And, you know, the fact is, actually, it's a bloody good club. And it was, you know, everyone will say, what a club to play for. What a bunch of supporters and everything else. And so, never felt we were underdogs, never thought about it, was very proud. I remember, I came from uh, near Portsmouth, so the Southampton supporter next to me, I'm not really However, However, you know, my mates down there were always looking at results. You know, it's a proud thing to be a professional footballer, yeah? And representing supporters like yourselves was, was actually brilliant, to be honest with you. So, never actually went out on the pitch, I thought we're underdogs. Actually, always wanted. I quite enjoyed actually just trying to smash people. To be honest, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds sadistic, but that was that was where I was. <laughs> Goodbye. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, um, that can't work for me, was it? Um, any more questions? <laughs> Where do you guys see Scammer in the future going forward under Darren Kelly? Nice, you start this one. Yeah, he's the I probably am in the prison to start. Um, obviously, things have been very fraught financially the last uh, year, shall we say. Things. Hey, we got, we're back in Scarborough. We're back where we should be. Um, it's never easy to be um, involved in a club where you are landlord and the, uh, the landlords aren't you. Um, he has come in, he's a fresh, fresh air. I'm sure lots of you guys were at the uh, fans forum last night. He speaks um, your language. He's got great ideas. He's very passionate about what he does. He's very forward-thinking, very professional in a semi-professional club. Um, I think it's probably a bit early this year to say, yes, we are uh, going to get promotion this year because we probably aren't. Um, but next year, I would like to think that we'll be there and thereabouts. We won't be far away. He'll have us geared towards promotion. There's no doubt about that. Longer term, it's never easy to um, progress up the, up the leagues. It's not as easy in our day. Uh, I spoke about it briefly the other day to, to Dan Gregory. In my day, the conference clubs or the clubs that were below, this, below the league, they were always part-time. Now you've got clubs like York City, um, they are full time. They're above Ali. They're full time, and to get back to that position, 
there will come a time when we will need to go full time if we are going to progress. Not next year, not the year after maybe, but in the long term, we are going to need to go full term and go go for it full time. Yes, possibly. Yeah, uh, ground has got gone, but we are. But we always get everyone gets carried away about ground capacity and about how many people we get in. Can you remember Darlington? Darlington used to get fifteen hundred, two thousand per week. They built a twenty-five thousand seat stadium. Uh, are, are they in it? No, they're not in it. And so there comes a time when you've got to be. You've got to be realistic. This club is definitely a Conference North club and above. But going above that takes money, your support, and progressing along the lines of becoming full time. Whether we like that or not, that's just the way that it is nowadays. Like I said to you, I played in the conference as a conference player. None of the teams were full-time. They were all part-timers. The only, the only full-time clubs, the ones that came down from the Football League, Darlington's, those, they were the only, players that, the only teams that were full-time. So in order to sort of progress, as much as you don't want it, we don't want to do it, you're going to need to go at some stage full-time. And that is it for everybody. And it does need money, and I can see the chairman at the back there. But he does an absolutely fantastic job. You guys, you guys, you guys, don't appreciate, you guys do not appreciate how much time and effort it takes to run a non-league club. It takes lots and lots of time, and. Lots of clubs in our division and lots of clubs above us, they've got a sugar daddy that puts money into them. And unfortunately, we are not in that position. And so it's come time, there will be a time where we, we need to go progress a little bit longer, a bit further, but that time isn't now. Next year, when we go a bit further and we, and we get into the pros and push, then that will come that time. Now, can I ask a question back to you guys? The fact that you've got AFC Files, you've got your Salfords, they've all got a few quid behind them. W would you take that? Would you take somebody coming in there with no. irons, no. maybe? No. They've got the million. No. 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 So Not you, the last side. No. Exactly. No. So you, you've got... No, what about us who think, yeah, if, they get, if we put safeguards in place? The, the game, David, yes. Well, what are the safeguards, though? That's what you put in place, though, isn't it? 49%. We need a 49%, 49% 50% so yeah. yeah. well, the, the question has been asked me from, from my perspective, because yeah, you see what's happening at these bigger clubs, and all the negativity around the guys that are running Salford, FC Five, got Sugar Daddy, some other clubs that are storming their way through the leagues. Is that sustainable? We know it's not. But given the chance, if, if I won the lottery tomorrow and I won 50 million, I said I'm going to put 10 million into this club and we're going to get the champion in, into the league in five years' time. You'd all go, yeah, wouldn't you? So it's, it's, it's about managing your expectations as well as what the club's uh, potential has got. The setup down there is brilliant. Trevor's done an amazing job, as is the fans, 
as is the board. But let's just do it right, get there in, it, in our own time, exactly, on our own money, and make it sustainable so we, we, we don't go through that shit again. Because that's horrible for everybody. Yeah, exactly. We don't want to go up all So as Darren referred to earlier, I was chief executive of Sheffield Light for five years. And do you know what? You see from that side, football isn't easy. And that was in the time as well. Scarborough went down as well. And I sort of look at now where you are, it's all building blocks. Yeah, if someone comes with a magic wand, then fantastic. But at the moment, the best thing you've got is the building blocks of yourselves. And the sport, the way sport that I've heard about, etc., etc. the people, you know, it's a fantastic club. So I sort of look at it and go, yeah, if you, you had a magic wand, you'd go to certain places, but I look at some things, it's got to be sustainable. If it's sustainable, then fantastic. Get everyone in this town behind. The businesses, the sporters are behind it, but make sure, you know, I know in the past because of certain chairman, and it's all the off-field things, the wrong chairman, that Russell bloke, um, you know, if I could, if I could tell you some stories about, we've been just exchanging some stories about him. You know, where we weren't paid and things like that. You know, we kept those all behind. We just played. You know, those times. To, you know, I wasn't surprised in the end because the bloody bloke was alive anyway. Um, you know, I think it's going in the right direction. If it goes quicker in the right direction, then fantastic. If it doesn't, then enjoy the journey. Talking about um, Scarborough Athletic, um, what have you seen that has been particularly impressive by this season? Was that uh, with, with the team? Was that with Darren? That's all right. Just wait. I think Darren's the guy. So, what's impressed you about Scarborough Athletic this um, season? Just going to get a drink every while. Yeah, go on. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've got some. I think we've got some fantastic. Uh, yeah. Get us a drink, Eddie, can you? Yeah. Um, Eddie, Eddie, you've got four drinks in. Four drinks. Um, I think we've got some fantastic players. I can think of two or three. Uh, I think of Ken Spence. I can think of Chris Dawson. Oh, they're going to be fantastic players for this club. I think it's a building, like Jason just said, it's building blocks. You know, we know we're not going to play this year. The likelihood is we're going to go forward next year. It's difficult. Um, I think it's no trade secret that the previous manager before John DC spent far too much money and didn't budget, didn't work his budget correctly. Um, I can see the, the chairman and Fred at the back there probably disagree with me. I think. Um, he spent far too, if I'll be perfectly truthful, he spent far too much money for what we, what we were, for this, for the level we were working at. Um, I came into the, the setup. I thought John DC was a genuine guy. It didn't work out for him, and it doesn't always work out for everybody. He, I always thought, was a decent fella. He was always honest. He wasn't everyone's cup of tea. We get the back back thing 
Um, and his interviews weren't very dynamic, shall we say. Um, but Darren is definitely moving us in the right direction. And in, not in a direction whereby we're spending lots and lots of money. We don't need to spend lots and lots of money. He has got things working on the right in the right way. And um, it'd be interesting to see pre-season next year, who we've got and who we haven't got. There'll be lots of players who are on our journey. They'll come and they'll go. You guys will still be here. So I have a question. And when Mayors is back, he can answer as well. However, the question to my co-panelist. Present company excluded because it will be me. And might be me the second one. Who's the best player you played with at Scarborough? And at Scarborough. I don't want your Premier League rubbish. <laughs> Who's the best player you played with at Scarborough? And why? And that, that, you know, none of us present ones, we're all excluding. So, yeah, it's not our uh, I, I don't want you blow. I know you're choosing. <laughs> no, that's um, I think everyone who, who knows me, everyone who's in the, involved in the 92 93 season, best play for me was Tommy Moon without a shadow of a doubt. Um, just on the preface that he did lots of my work for me. He made me a better player. Um, he worked hard. He was everything I wasn't. And I did things that he couldn't do. Um, but if I was to sort of pick a player and say the best player I played with, Sean Murray would be, without a shadow of a doubt, the best player I've ever played with. He was just so talented. We've already mentioned it, we touched on it briefly earlier on, but he had so much skill, it was unreal. Difficult question because obviously, Rocky, you were my. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> there's been so many good players, and I think he's not just one that's technical and brilliant. But you've got likes of uh, Steve Richards, uh, Alan Kamara, Tommy Graham. As much Tommy weren't the most influential player on the park, but the job he did for the team was was, was absolutely phenomenal. So there's one or two players I, I can't really pick anybody out um, individually because the lads that played for Scarborough were all team players. It wasn't not the individual to me. Um, and that's about it, really. I think uh, team players, Tommy Green. Got power eyes. I tell you, no names. And I also said the worst, but I'll let you answer. Go on then. No, I won't say the worst. There's a few. They're not worse. They're just. I always look at attitude, attitude towards football, and whether you know what, will you be in the trench with me? I don't care about ability. Will you be in the trench? I'm sure supporters think that as well. You know, 
You just want people to go over the, over the edge for you. Um, I tell you what, players, yeah, Buzzer, yeah. Gary Bennett, Mark Benno, coolest man ever. Yeah. Most laid back, but bloody hard. You know what? Uh, yeah, they're, they're, you're right. Yeah, yeah. There was a lot. Of, there was a lot of them, and it was a sort of a, a thought question in, in many ways. But it's a team players, were yeah, and and that's one of the things with Scarborough because if you came to Scarborough, you had to be part of the team. Yeah, correct. Yeah, correct. Oh, oh, here we go. Here we go. Matt, Matt, that way over there. Will we play in July in the Legends game? Yes, I'm playing. Oh, yeah. Yes, you are playing. <laughs> right, interesting one. Who wasn't um, the sort of player that you would uh, put in your. Yes, um, put in your trenches. Who are, the, who are the worst players you play with? Oh, oh. Oh. No. Easy one, lads. The worst oh, players God. are the ones you want on in the trenches. Yeah, yeah. Shall, I, shall I just say, Irons and I spoke about one, but it was a bit of a fan's favourite. Who was it? I can't say it. Who was it? Who was it? I'll tell you what, okay, I'll say it now, because I'm just I've had, 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 had too much gin and tonic and everything like that. And I know it's a fan's favourite and everything like this, but when you're a pro footballer, you see different things. Stuart is. And I'll tell you what, Stuart was a great bloke. Great bloke all the pitch, but bloody hell did he play to the crowd. And he used to shout, move up, move up. And I used to look round and he was stuck back there somewhere. And I was like, bloody hell, you know. So he was a top bloke and he'd scrap for you, but oh my god, he'd say one thing and he'd do a bloody another thing, and you just used to, well, it tore my hair out. I used to have an afro when it came out. I did a wee. Go on, I'll go team talking. Don't drop it, Ian. Siphon out. When we were at Scarborough, we had a we had a strange signing with Steve Wicks was there. Yeah, very awesome. We, we had a lad called Craig Wickington who got signed for us. And was it Crawley Town? We paid 50k for him from Crawley Town. And I think Wixie saw, saw as a player. And he, he came to Scarborough, he did absolutely F4, didn't he? Let's be truthful. Steve Wicks was his agent. He was basically his agent, and it was a bit like, do you remember the Ali Dar thing with Southampton? Who, he, they signed a player and he never played for anybody. Anyway, he was like for some reason he managed to sell him to Huddersfield Town for fifty k, and he got done for cocaine. Yeah, um, <laughs> but he was he just didn't look a footballer, did he? The guys have backed me up, I think, but he just, did, even in training, you thought, this guy hasn't got anything. And so he was the oddest signing I think we ever had. But we managed to get our money back on him. How? I'll never know. Because we got, Huddersfield paid 50k for him. He never, never played a single game for them, I think. 
But it was a it was a very odd signing. It was a very odd time, I think. We had a lad uh, come up from Dewsbury, um, played in our youth team for, for a couple of years, did, did okay, wasn't any great shakes. Um, never played in the first team, just played reserve. He might have played in the first team a couple of times. And he, he was bang average. He was rock hard, he was a builder, and he just went out there and did his stuff. But he, he, he was never a guy that you would think would score in all four divisions of the, of the Football League. He left here and he went to Geisley. Then he went to Halifax, then Keegan signed him for Fulham. Then he went West Brom, Birmingham, Sheffield United. Rock, did you sign him for Sheffield United? Jeff Horsfield. He was, he was bang average here. And, and Ray let him go as a 19 year old kid. And this, this guy's got no, he's, he can't play football. And he went on to be an absolute legend in two or three clubs for Fulham, for, for, for West Brom. Kept West Brom last game of the season. He got Fulham promoted as well with a goal. I'm not saying that he was a bad player, he just didn't look what he was going to be. And all of a sudden he's, he's, he's a legend everywhere, so... Just like you know. <laughs> just like me, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's, it's not the right answer, but it's, Jeff kind of was a bit of an enigma for me, how he did what he did, but did it well. You're all confident. I like Ixie by the way, so don't... <laughs> Um, as we're going to wrap things up, um, I'm going to ask um, the chairman, um, Trevor Bull, to come and join us on stage to have a couple of words with us. So a big round of applause for Mr Bull. Thank you, Ant. Um, I'm sure, like me, everybody in the room, apart from a very few young people, these guys were our heroes. And thank you so much for coming this evening. They always say, don't ever meet your heroes. You guys haven't let us down. Thank you so much. Um, but, but, but the, main, the, the main reason I just wanted to say a few words was, I wanted to thank the Valley Bar Sea Dogs for what they do for our away travel. We, 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 we struggled last season. In, in all honesty, we, we lost money on away travel. Sometimes because I was too generous and bought free buses and all that sort of rubbish. <laughs> but we, we lost money. We can't afford to do that sort of thing. So the, these guys have taken on board. And, and you were saying about the, when you were burying the two minibuses, they, these guys have pretty much every game put on a full 52-seater bus to all away games. Yeah. And, and that means a lot to the players. Darren tells me every week how much that support means to him. So thank you for, for what you're doing. Long may it continue, and we'll just be as successful as we possibly can. Thank you very much. Cheers. <laughs> Thank you very much, mate. And I'd like to thank the guys uh, for coming uh, as well here and um, obviously the Valley Bar Seals for letting me do this because uh, kind of a bit of a fanboy, really. Um, but it's been a great pleasure. And uh, thank you, Ronald. Have a safe journey. Thank you. 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 Thank
gonna speak on behalf of these guys, but I was really pleased and very proud to be invited back here. So really enjoyed tonight. I think we've all enjoyed tonight. So really thank you very much for making us welcome back here after all those years. And you know, hopefully we'll do it again and we'll see you on some of your way travelling sometimes at the home games. Thank you, but thank you very much for being here.